I'm with Claire Bradley Smith. Uh, Beauty Bow is the TV series, uh, winner of the LGBTQ uh, Plus uh, Screenplay Festival. What a really interesting script this is. How's it going, Claire? You live in Toronto, correct? I do. I do. Things are going really well. Thank you. So it's it's Pride Month. How's it going in Pride Month in Toronto? Well, it's going to be a busy month. I think this is, you know, the first time in a couple of years people yeah. have been able to actually physically participate. Um, I'm not going to go down to this fair, like the street myself. Um, I'm wishing all my friends and family and queer communities the best there. Um, I've gone many, many, many a times before, but uh, I think I will, I will just do something small again this year. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's been two years, so they're, they're going to, they're, it's going to be crazy down there because it's like, there's, there's a hype of like, of, you know, of, of partying and energy that hasn't been able to be uh, processed in the last couple of years, I guess. Right. Yeah. I think people are really going to kind of let loose. Um, and I just hope everybody keeps safe and, and remembers what pride's all about, which is celebrating our differences and being able to come together in that and that we shouldn't ever be repressed for our queerness. And I, and that and that's the thing about Pride that is so special, you know, is to see that amount of people come together. Allies and, and queers all under the umbrella alike, celebrating acceptance. Okay, so let's talk about your interesting uh, TV series. Have you just written the pilot so far or do you have like a, a blueprints for the whole kind of uh, whole uh, series? Or first season? Yeah, right now I've written a TV pilot. Um, I haven't written another episode yet, but it is in my mind, of course, because when you're writing something like this, a dramatic series, you really have to kind of think about the bridges and where this character is going to be going. In a, in I would say 13 episodes is my goal for the first season. It's a mm -hmm. drama series, um, but we need to get the main character into that celebrity status of a rock star yeah. in the first season. So a lot of the next episodes will be focusing on 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 that um, accelerated fame that Bo is going to encounter um, and the complications of that living as a trans person and trying to come out as a trans person and to let the viewers or listeners know this is set back in time in 2003 at a time when when trans rights and discussions around identity uh, gender pronouns just really starting to become yeah. more prominent with people and 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 there was a lot of pull between different parts of our communities and acceptance was really mm -hmm. teetering so to have a main character in that time period allows us to kind of you know pull on some of that grub <laughs> isn't that it funny that, you said, that was there is it funny and, you said time period it's 2003 for me that's yesterday but yeah i guess it's i guess it's history right <laughs> It's history. It's yeah. it's it, it important history. Yeah. Because is. now we're in a time where everyone can share that really instantly, like yeah. Instagram and TikTok and other social means where where they can share that really easily and safely. Like and there's a community already for them, right? There's support already. In 2003, there wasn't that. So that's the positive social media. There wasn't that support system. Somebody from a small town wanting to do this, there's there's a lot of trouble, there's a lot of conflict ahead, I guess, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then the and then the lead character has to, how do you come out? You, you haven't transitioned physically yet. At the very beginning of, uh, this person's at the very beginning of their transition. They just literally announced it to themselves. This is what mm -hmm. they want to do. And they end up in a situation in the queer community where it's more lesbian identified. And in that kind of 
culture mm-hmm. um, and I, I, not culture, but communities within mm-hmm. that scope yeah. and, and their politics and their queerness. And then they, they're kind of seen as a female and they have a real struggle through that their whole time because as they transition also into the music, they haven't started their transition yet. So their voice is also feminine. Yeah, There's a lot of conflict for Bo to get through. So her, the, the title, catchy title is Beauty Bo because her, their, his name was uh, Beauty before they, they transitioned to, uh, to Bo, which is, which is a great, and also too, people have to like, it, there's, there's music involved. Like she's like, he's sorry, he's a rock star. And uh, so there's like, you can, there's like all this kind of like, if it's made into a show, there's all this kind of musical iterations that can be placed into the show as well, I guess, right? Yeah, music is a huge part of this series in my imagination. I yeah. I actually want the music to tell almost the same amount of narrative as the performers themselves. Um, so the, the songs that I picked, a lot of the times the lyrics flow also with Bo's uh, journey. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think the part that's going to be maybe the most complicated, of course, is music. Music rights are complicated um, and getting the right the right amount of music, the right songs, and then also original songs. I was going to say the original. Those their own rock star, right? So when he gets there, well, see, this is a hard thing with the pronouns with with beauty slash bow because beauty slash bow is seen as female almost the entire time, has to fight that um, for themselves. And, And so, you know, my 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 visual at the very end not to give it away you know it has to get made to give it away anyway yeah. so but it's like is that actually Bo goes to the stage in that last shot as himself yeah. and then part two is Bo like season two would actually be Bo transitioning transition going yeah. going through the medical procedures going on testosterone his voice changing and having to deal with how that actually affects his fame and his community because his community is going to be kind of upset. And so there's gotta be that part where, you know, so the first season is him establishing himself. The second season is what does he do once he transitions and actually has to deal with with the world around him and can he continue this success? Well, it's a great pilot because pardon the pun, the, the character does transition. Like there's a huge arc with the character. Like you, like as you pointed out, it's like there's internal conflicts there's external conflicts. Like there's, there's like the beginning of who this person, this, who this person is at the first shot to the last shot. There's a huge kind of character arc that occurs. And then you, you set up the, the show with that, with that, with the amazing pilot that you wrote. So I'm, I hope it's getting the attention that it deserves. Like, I, I don't know what your, what your game plan is for submitting the, the festivals or contests and things like that, but it's like, it's a really solid uh, TV pilot. So hopefully it's getting some attention for you. Well, thank you. I have a lot of work to do because, you know, um, I have choices. I can either try and produce the uh, some of the, the pitch materials and sizzle materials, like sizzle reels. So you do a proof of really, concept kind of thing? Yeah, really flesh out my concept, get the script ready, yeah. as ready as it can be. Um, with feedback from festivals like this, I'm able to actually really make some serious needed changes and that takes some time and right now I'm rewriting the beginning a little bit because I understood that I I started strong right I wanted something really impactful you you 
turn on the TV, you see this person upset cutting their hair. What's going on? That's my, in my head, I think, what's going on? I want to know what's going on. So mm-hmm. I wanted to start strong. However, you know, in that, I lost, even reading it, that Bo's a musician. And so you don't really see that until far into the, the script right now as it's written, about almost 10 pages in. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that Bo can even sing? incredibly um i want to put that now something about that at the beginning so i'm rewriting the beginning to show both sing right off the top instead and it's got to be almost as impactful um that you turn on the tv you hear this person who who has to look a very particular way i think to grab that attention is singing you know and you're just like what who's who is that and i want people to actually now fall in love with Bo, the rock star before yeah. realizing Bo's trans. So um, I've got some rework to do. But again, I also have to make a decision. As a filmmaker, you've got to make a decision. Is this something I'm gonna produce yeah. on my own? Or is this something I'm gonna go and look for someone who has the maybe expertise to produce it for me mm-hmm. um, and with me? And, um, and that means I've got to prepare pitch materials thinking about that. Am I pitching directly to a broadcaster or am I pitching to a production company? It won't okay. be that different, but I've got to, that's my next step is I've got to prep my package. I had a couple of questions uh, for you in terms of like, you set it in, in suburba, suburbia, Chicago, like Illinois, and you're, you are Canadian. So I'm just curious, cause you're talking about pitching and things like that. Is, did you intentionally, like it's a middle America state, but it's a liberal state. I don't know if that was like conscious on your mind of like setting it in that kind of area instead of instead of Canada or like a middle America state. Yeah, it it, it really it really was actually a, a hard choice, weirdly, because I'd love this story to be Canadian and yeah. set in Canada. Unfortunately, I'm like. It, and it's it's not that our music industry isn't fabulous here because it is. But it's really hard for someone, especially at that time, in a queer element in any way, it's too unrealistic to set it that they're moving from, say, North Bay to Toronto. Okay. Because um, that, that person would never get a chance. And I, and I hate saying that. I do. But it's like, where would they have had an opportunity to, to really go there? And if I'm wrong... And someone no, out there is like, you know what, you know, but I, I think did, it's, no, I it's not it. nothing to do with the cultural thing. It's, yeah. the, it's the infrastructure. It's the business. It's like, there's, there's, there's like, there's a huge machine that's going on in the States in terms of the music industry. That's not there in Canada. So you would have to market this person heavily. And then Canada doesn't have that kind of the resources or the infrastructure to do that, I guess. Right. Yeah. And I didn't want the doors shut in my face just like that because somebody looked at it and went that never would have happened. Yeah. Whereas this could have happened in Chicago and I made it Chicago instead of New York because Chicago actually does have an incredible music scene, mm-hmm. incredible queer culture. Um, and I, and I know it better personally. I've been to Chicago many, many times as a, as a drag King. And because of that, I have a lot of history and knowledge actually of Chicago versus New York where I don't. But Toronto, the Toronto and Chicago, because we used to, used to do festivals in Chicago all the time, too. They're very similar cities like in, in its mentality, too, right? So, yeah, it made it a little easier. Yeah, they're very, they're very, yeah, there's the second city there, that kind of like 
the, we're the shadow of New York and Los Angeles, I guess, right? There's that insecurity that comes attached to it. Yeah. Okay. So the, that's, so that, that's it. Okay. So she said in Chicago. And then, so I'm also curious about this is uh, the, the, the choosing the, the transition from a, a female to a male instead of the opposite. Why did you ever think about transitioning from a male to a female? Because a, a female pop star makes kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Like in a more, like you're talking about from a business standpoint. I'm just curious if you ever thought of that. Well, you know, I think right now, actually, the motivation between uh, of selecting beauty slash bow is the TV pilot to write now that I've written for now. Yeah. Is because there really is not any representation out there in the mainstream television world that has an person who's going through that transition of female to ma- to male okay. and showing that masculinity that that in people yep. um i haven't really seen it explored and i definitely what i have been seeing in more of a drag world okay so not so much with music that's a, you know hasn't even been really talked about at all in the music industry or in television that way but in the drag world if you look at the drag world it's almost all uh, people that were born male um, being drag queens. And you just don't see that masculinity representation on on television. And there is a rich, rich history there regarding um, a lot of the language and politics that we live by today. And that was actually done by people that were, you know, F to M. Um, and so I, I want this to, to not only show those politics and, and have beauty as that vessel, bow as that vessel, I also want people to just fall in love with this character mm-hmm. and find them sexy because that's another part of our world that people don't see it. I don't know if it feels threatening. I don't know exactly the reason why. Um, but in my other world as a drag king, playing that masculinity on stage has only drawn extreme pleasure <laughs> from people, from my audience. Um, and they love that. They love somebody taking it in, breaking it down and showing that masculinity doesn't have to be this kind of one-sided misogynistic coin yeah, either, gotcha. right? Yeah, 100%. And so I really, I feel pretty strongly actually about showing something today. That's a great, I love what you just said there because it's it's so true in terms of like, there's all these, like there's pigeonholes of terms of masculinity. And it's like, that's sort of like, it seems to be the next step in the evolutionary that uh, social, social causes that we're having. It's like men need to like, you know, for, cause there's so much aggression. There's so much of this crazy, like violence and like assault and things like that. And like, cause men are like, there's this, there's, there's this anxiety that's inside of them. And I know I'm talking from a macro sense, but I think what you're saying, it makes a lot of sense. Like kind of showcasing that kind of uh, that, that persona on screen, I guess. Right. Yeah. And it kind of like, of course, any writer normally pulls from items of their own lives. Yeah. Right. So here's an example of, something that Bo's going to go through. I was a pro wrestler for a short period of time. Oh, wow. Period of time. And I, hear I was in this. A, <laughs> right? I was a mean one. <laughs> and um, I was in a gay league. So my coach was gay. The group was gay. And we, we really learned it. Like it was WWE style. We learned everything. Yeah. When he left the city, when he left Toronto, his name was Scott. 
to move to a small town, yeah. I was left in a situation where he's like, oh, you should really continue this, like for real. And he got me involved. And then I went to an, an, a male gym, like the only wrestling gym sure. in Toronto at the time. And I show up and all the men did was gay bash and be sexist loudly yeah. in front of me. And I thought, I'm not paying $200 a month to be gay no. bashed. I'm no. not. I don't care if I love right. I don't care how you don't good have to see who it was, it. but is it the former wrestler who had like kind of that over the top uh, character in WWE who is the wrestling school you went to? No, no, I, it was, um, I won't name it because they're okay. a little bashed, but like, you know, it, it was just like the wrestling school of Toronto, Okay. you know, and it was kind of out, you know, by, by Finch there. Yeah. And, and I just, that was my, but at the same time, this other part of me was trying to be really stubborn. Like I was like, wait a minute. I love wrestling though. Like I love it and I'm great at it. Why should I be turned away because of this homophobia, sexism? Like, yeah. but I was like, I'm too tired for it. At the time I was just like, I can't go through it again. Um, I'm not going to. So in this situation for Bo, it's the rock band. Yeah. Because 100%. it's a rock band. And I don't know any all male rock band that isn't quite misogynistic and sexist. So I feel like he's got to go through this experience with them, but as if it doesn't rub off on Bo oh. too, right? So Bo's, Bo identifies as male. So Bo's going to have to like really look at their own inner misogyny and what society is feeding them. Um, and, and I think that that is actually a healthy thing to look at in general. Because, um, yeah. yeah, and, and you know, we hear a little bit of it, again, mostly through the drag queens now on, on like RuPaul's show, where they start to go, oh, we need to address toxic masculinity. Yeah. I think the thing with, with showing this is that's the transition. You don't want somebody who's going to get toxic at some point in the story. It's inevitable. Yeah. then they are going to have to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what am I doing? You know, um, I think that it, it comes down to us having those kind of conversations. I actually think that men don't want to be. I honestly believe this. I think that it's something that is kind of like put on you a little bit to act in an aggressive way in order to take up space. It's like the only way you're going to take up space as a man is if you're really big about it, you know, take out of space and I'm going to, I'm going to be the big alpha guy. Yeah. And I, after all the years of, of, of impersonating different types of men from truckers to the gayest, you know, Scott Thompson type gay guys, yeah. you know, it, and all the things in between, I, I feel like it, that is, this is like a one aspect and some women are like that. And I actually don't think that that's a gender thing. I actually think that's taught. Um, and well, I think the men just need to be taught a little bit about how to maybe express themselves a little more. That's all, really. There's a have that Yeah, no, I understand. I understand exactly what you're saying. I think it's just that there's certain people have those personalities, right? It's like saying that all girls love fashion, right? But some girls do because that's just how they are naturally. But then, you know what I mean? And then some girls don't. It's like, but then they're not, you just, you can't categorize all men as being, some men are, are, are over the top aggressive, right? That's just the way they are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense to you. It's just that there's no, it does, yeah. a convention, right? It definitely does. So yeah. I'm looking, I, I would love, 
you know, again, I'm at that point where I've got to make a decision, you know, and I think what happened with the, uh, with winning this, which was so great for me was hearing it read, you yeah. know, having the actors actually hearing it. And I think what I'm going to do is I might actually go further with that. And I've got lots of great friends and just kind of do a call out with my friends and do a sit around reading Yeah, 100%. and, I, and have that sense. conversations with some with people because it's time for me to start reaching out. Well, on that note, we're so glad that you got something out of this this festival, and uh, you got like you you're inspired because that's what that's what it's all about—not to sound idealistic or flaky, but that's what it's about. It's about getting inspired and creating and and having that confidence to keep going further with this great story of yours. So I wish you, you the best. I think it's great. I think it's like I said. I think it's an important and uh, fantastic story that you wrote. So and like, as you said, you're smart enough to know that there's work to do. There's some workshopping that needs to be done here, here it allowed even more and kind of like get it out there more, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to, I, I, I have to start thinking who is the best buyer as well. So that's where you, you know, when um, I work in the businesses, it's interesting. I actually work in television, but I work in it in a different capacity in business affairs. Yeah. And when it comes down to, you got to know who your shopper is as much as your viewing audience who yeah. wants it. Who makes something like this? And so um, being Canadian, I'm going to have to really kind of like do some research, check out who's out there. I might want to partner, but first I'm, I am, I'm going to do the call out. And it was entering festivals like this that has helped this script grow into where it's, you know, again, I just have to do these next few steps and it's ready for me to pitch. I wouldn't be able to be here if I hadn't done competitions mm-hmm. and throwing myself out there and taking the feedback seriously. Got to watch your ego. I know sometimes it can hurt when you think, oh, you got the best story. Yeah. Well, you've got to believe your story is the best story or you wouldn't write it. Yeah. It takes time. But feedback is crucial. So I appreciated every person who provided it. And thank you. That's all I have to say, because it really does inspire, inspire well, me to get better. Well, thank you so much. Let's okay. Let's talk again when this is made into a TV series then. Yeah, will do. Beauty Bow by Claire Bradley Smith. Teaser, fade in. Exterior, Robert's Family Home, night. It's spring in Kalamazoo, Illinois, 2003. The moon shines over the Roberts Family Home, an old farmhouse at the end of a road. Light from a second-floor window shows someone is awake. Interior, Beauty's Bedroom, night. Beauty Roberts, 17, shakes in a prom dress while staring in a mirror. The room is covered in rock band posters and dusty awards. A leather jacket hangs proudly next to two guitar cases initialed with S and G. Beauty's bed contrasts with its pink flower duvet. Music cue. Anthems for a 17-year-old girl by Broken Social Scene. Used to be one of the rotten ones and I liked you for that. Used to be one of the rotten ones and I liked you for that. Used to be one of the rotten ones, and I liked you for that. Beauty pulls away, spins, and aggressively lifts up their dress. Looking hot tonight. Spin. A real babe. Spin. Grabs the bottom of the dress and shakes it with frustration. True to your name from your head to your toe. Beauty slams down on the dresser and stares back into the mirror. Now you're all gone, get your makeup on, and you're not coming back. Flashback to 
Interior Roberts' living room earlier that evening, prom night. Beth Roberts, Beauty's mother of 38, and Bill Roberts, Beauty's stepfather of 49, smile from ear to ear. Beth holds up her Nikon camera. Sam, 17, fidgets next to Beauty in a traditional tuxedo. Beauty's prom dress may be too frilly, but her hair and makeup are perfect. Sam stops fidgeting and looks at Beauty. His affections show. Beauty senses this familiar glance and throws attention to Beth. Mom, come on. Just got to get the doors open. Beth pushes the button and the camera doors open. Stand closer. Sam puts his hand around Beauty's waist and they stand closer. Beauty, you look amazing. That's it. Oh, sweetie, you look like Miss Teen America. Mom, don't start. You might not know Sam, because Beauty stopped competing years ago, but she won quite a few pageants back in her day. True to her name, from her head to her toe, I know. Come on, Mom. Well, sorry. It's been a long time since you got so dressed up. I miss seeing you like this. Beth holds back emotion and takes a few pictures. That little girl, all grown up. Beauty takes one slow breath. Blood pounds in Beauty's ears. Beth hands the camera to Bill and squishes between Beauty and Sam. Now with me. Beth kisses Beauty and Sam on their cheeks. Bill steps closer to get a close-up. Hey, you look good, kiddo. Where will the guys at the shop see these? Beauty does a tough guy stance. Don't you dare, Bill. Oh, I'm Bill now. Yeah, if you threaten me, you get called Bill, and you better not dare. Bill laughs. Beth takes the camera back. Oh, let him show you off. Outside the window, a stretch limo pulls up and honks. Limo is here. Okay, one more. One more. Sam puts his arm back around Beauty. Beauty stiffens. Now stand like a lady. God bless. Back to present. Interior, Beauty's bedroom, night. Beauty holds up scissors and looks in the mirror.